we're here again. We've managed to make it to podcast number two. And in our second podcast, we've got Claire Davis. Claire's a coach in the recruiting gym, specialising in mental health for recruiters. Now, we all know recruitment is a stressful job. Whether you're in-house or agency, there's always that underwritten fear of if you don't find candidates this month, you're probably going to get fired. And that stress is okay because it can strive us to achieve more, but managed incorrectly, it can totally blow our minds. And Claire has got a fantastic background, not only with 20 years in recruitment, but is a qualified mental health trainer and coach. So she's going to share her views of how recruiters and recruitment leaders can manage and mitigate stress so they can achieve what they want to achieve. Well, welcome to the recruiting gym. Welcome, Claire. Hello, Alex. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Very good. That's uh, good. We've got lots of new people on the show today. So uh, this is the recruiting gym and the recruiting gym is the global center for recruitment learning. We want to help you not only achieve your personal ambitions, but if you're a leader, help your team fill their ambitions as well. And today I'm joined by one of our coaches. Uh, our coaches are experts in their field, and we help those coaches take their products to market because you need to know more than just sourcing, right? You need to know how to manage yourself, manage your teams, everything from business development through to planning and organizations. And our coaches uh, cover many of those topics. So today I'm, as I said, joined by Claire Davis. She's our mental health expert in recruitment. Uh, so, Claire, do you want to give us a, a quick overview of? your career in recruitment? Because everyone always thinks, well, if you haven't been in recruitment, you don't really know it. So uh, tell us about your career in recruitment and how you ended up where you are. Okay, I've had a long career in recruitment, actually. I started off in a very small company in London and the company grew very, very quickly. I was the fifth person in the company. Within six months, there were 45 people. And I, yeah, 45, we grew really quickly. And it was a case of, I was asked, to then become a manager of a region and set up a region. So it was very fast paced, very, very fast growth and very, very high intensity and very stressful. And from there, in becoming a manager, I realised the stresses onto our teams. From there, I moved into another company who headhunted me and exactly the same thing. I grew a team for them. And from there, I got into training for recruitment, which I've done for many, many years. And my passion with training training for recruitment is really understanding the people and understanding over the years that as managers, we need to manage people's mental health as well as people's targets and people wanting to be there and motivating our teams. Yeah, often the, I guess it's, uh, and this is why I'm excited about the topic, Claire, I guess in recruitment, it's always easy to think about, right, you've got to make more calls, you've got to get more yep. leads, you've got to fill more jobs. Yep. But, it's ma but it's managing the human aspect and, and the mental aspect behind it. Yeah. Definitely, because otherwise, if not, we're going to have a high turnover of staff, which is what happened in the first company I was with, because it was all targets, 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 and the people weren't being looked after. There was 76% turnover of staff, which wow. is huge, and it costs our businesses so much money with a high turnover of staff. Yeah. I mean, I think the challenge with, with recruitment, I think the industry as a whole has a, has a problem with churn, because I think the job sounds nice, right? I'm going to help people yeah. get jobs. But the yeah. reality of it is you're working with candidates, many of who don't want yeah. to see you, uh, working with clients, many of which don't want to meet with you, uh, are using multiple people, don't necessarily value you as a human being. It's sort of all about the yeah. CV. Uh, so I think it's 
I mean, I think somewhere between 50 and 60 percent of people that probably enter the industry every year probably leave. Uh, yep. and, and, and most of those leave with a few scars on their on, on, on their on their on their on their psyche uh, yeah. after, after that experience. Definitely. So, so we, today what, we so go ahead, Claire. What I found, actually, what you've just said is so true, Alex, because what I found is it's so different to any other sales. If we're selling a product. It's just us and the person we're selling to in this product. The biggest problem is recruitment. We are the middle person between candidates and our clients. And people can let us down at any point in the placement process. So it's I think it's one of the hardest sales processes ever because we're the middle person between two other people. Yeah, and, and both of those individuals can change their minds. They've got, yep. they've got preferences. Uh, and I yep. think most importantly, especially from the – the impact of working with candidates, really our job as a recruiter is to get candidates excited about entering a lottery that statistically yeah. they're not going to win. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and emotionally, that's, that, that's why I think the industry struggles so much because people's careers are so personal to them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and Definitely. so when they hear from the recruiter, they go, here's the dream, here's the dream, here's the dream. Mm, that's amazing, yeah. that's amazing. And then it's yeah. like, and then suddenly we ghost them or we don't give them the feedback. Yeah. And, yeah. and and, and recruiters feel that too, right? They've got someone excited about a role and they don't like it when they can't give feedback or yeah. they don't get feedback uh, on that yeah. as well. Definitely. So, 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 so mental health, uh, mm. why is it such a hot topic at the moment? It's, it seems to be everywhere. It is everywhere, Alex. And it's a hot topic because I think it's a topic that's quite overdue. Back in the 90s, the 80s, and even the early 2000s, we used to brush things under the carpet. I remember one of my first appraisals. It was a situation where it was mortifying. I was under so much pressure, and it was like, well, you've got to just man up, excuse the man up, but person up, because if we don't, we're not coping. So I think one of the main realizations reasons why it's become such a hot topic is because we've realized how much it is costing our businesses. So the cost to British business in 2017 was 35 billion pounds. That's to British business. And how we're really calculate that number. I mean that's yeah that's ridiculously large. It's ridiculously large. It's through a lot of research done by the Centre for Mental Health. And personally, I don't think that number's correct. I think the number's a lot higher because so much with regards to mental health is not diagnosed. It's a stigma because people still brush it under the carpet because they're feeling ashamed. So I actually think the statistics are higher to what any of the statistics we see. Yeah, I mean, and I guess also, I think it's, I think these issues have always been there. I think, yeah. uh, I think it's just the fact that now we're beginning to recognise them. So it's, I'm often things like, right, well, stress is skyrocketing. Well, no, stress may not be no. skyrocketing. It's just people's willingness to say they're stressed is, is yeah. what's, what's skyrocketing. Uh, and and, and in, in particular, why do you think stress is a, is a hot topic for, uh, for recruiters? Personally, I think stress is a hot topic for recruiters. I think stress is a hot topic for 
any industry because we are under so much pressure now. We're giving targets, 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 especially in recruitment. We need to reach that target. Then we need to get the higher target and the higher target. And we want to prove ourselves. So it's a case that people are not looking after themselves. It's all about work, not getting that work-life balance and not really looking after themselves to cope with the everyday working every everyday working life what's going on so stress is in every industry but i think particularly recruitment because we are expected more and more and more yeah and i think if you look at it from the perspective of it's it's not about the security i i i yeah. like and i mean i worked in a big business for a long time and and probably for the first 5 years i knew that it didn't matter how well you were billing if you had two bad months in a row someone was going to talk to you about yeah. getting fired definitely you know? and, and I used to joke with my manager that if I died on the job on my gravestone, I'd have enough was never quite enough. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. That, that relentless drive to always do more, always be better. Always uh, do more. There's a lot more competition in the market as well. And it's a situation you say stress. Why is stress with regards to recruitment? Stress is only a tiny little part of mental health concerns. Stress is a small part. And in what we need to be careful of, stress leads on to so many more issues, depression, anxiety, and, you know, dare I say it, even more serious issues like suicide. Were you aware that 15 people a day? complete suicide in the UK. That's huge. Absolutely huge. But it would have been triggered by stress over the years. Yeah. So stress is the first indicator of, of, yeah. of that. Because I mean, I remember okay. one, of my, one of my directors said to me once, he said, Alex, until you're on Gaviscon every day, or you upgrade yeah. to a Maprazole, uh, which is basically mm. a Gaviscon, but it's a, a yeah. one of the diagnosed voice. Until you're on that, you're not working hard enough. Like you haven't yeah. committed enough to the to the to the job so yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 what's your definition of stress and and mm. and, and that, that that managers can use to because because i guess stress is a fact of life right it's how we yeah, manage that is. stress and what so as a start point what what do you what do you define stress as well, well, there's good stress and there's bad stress. And the good stress is getting our adrenaline going so that we want to perform better and so that we want to reach those targets. What we need to be careful of is that we don't get the stress on overdrive so that people are not coping and then it leads to mental health concerns like depression, right. like anxiety. So there's good stress. I'm not saying don't have a stressful environment because we want that adrenaline going. We want people reaching their targets, but it's tipping people over the edge and not helping people to have that work-life balance. So let's think about physical signs of stress. What facial expressions do people have? What's the long-term effect of stress? Um, if somebody is stressful because they want to reach this target, they want to get that job in and they want to complete it by Friday, brilliant. But is this a long-term effect? What's emotionally happening to that person and how are they behaving? So it ends up being more than just that good stress that we're, we want to actually encourage. Okay, and because uh, because one of the one of the definitions of stress I've always liked is the gap between where you are and where you want to be, and it's the tension that yeah. that, that pulls you towards that. So so how important? If that, say for example, if I'm a stressful environment, we want that stress of wanting to achieve to get to maybe. Yeah. When does when does that stress when does that stress become? What what are some of the what are some of the factors that make that? What are the things that cause that stress to become unhealthy? 
So we want a certain amount of tension. Uh, but what yeah. are some of the things that cause uh, that cause stress to be worse? If that makes sense. Yeah. So expectation. Yeah. So we want people to get to peak performance, so get their arousal going. What we've got to be careful of is that they don't burn out. So let's watch the long term of how people are coping. Are they coming into work? Are they complaining about things? Are they looking stressed? Are they not reaching their targets continuously? Are they not wanting to go on those um, client meetings? Are they not as motivated? Are they having starting to have migraines and headaches? Migraines is a huge side effect of stress. So we need to be watching people long term. Okay, so these are some of the outcomes on it. So what you're saying is if someone's hit it, missing targets regularly, that could be an indicator that that person is suffering from stress. could be. And, and what we need to do as managers in recruitment is also make sure we're fully understanding how people are relaxing on weekends because it's how they're relaxing on weekends that then help them to perform. So if they're still stressed back at home and they're not relaxing, they're not sleeping, they're not looking after their diet, they're not going on weekends away, um, it could be that it then affects them with stress in the workplace. Yeah. And I guess that's where, say, for example, if you've got someone in your team and they've just had a, a they've just had a new family or they've just had a new yep. child arrive, that in yep. itself is a very stressful experience. Yep. And so that that there's a knock on. Like what you're saying is that that could be that will generally tend to indicate an inc- there'll be an increase in stress at work as well yep. at home. Yep, definitely. Surely, and we don't want that vicious to- circle. But Claire, surely you should just be checking in your personal life at the door. And the only thing you should care about when you walk in that office is making contact with candidates and clients so you can hit your target that month. Great point. Really good point. But we are people at the end of the day, aren't we? And we do have a home life and it affects our work life. And would Claire, I don't fantastic. pay your salary to think about your home when you're in the office. Oh, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, and that's a very good point because if people are really, really stressed, they're going to have that vicious circle and they're bringing that stress from home into the workplace. Then taking the stress from the workplace back home becomes that horrible vicious circle. So what we need to do is help our teams so that they're not having that vicious circle back and forth and back and forth and they can relax at home as well. Okay, and so what role does fear play in stress and Mm. becoming unmanageable? Because that's sort of the... That's always the blowtorch just behind you, isn't there? Like, you know, you know, in the first yep. world, if you didn't go over the top, you knew you were going to yep. get shot behind you. So yep. so there's that there's always that fear of getting fired. What role does that play, do you think, in, yeah. in someone someone's stress levels? So fear is a very, very interesting thing because some people perform much better with fear. I know myself, if I, I'm scared I'm not going to reach my targets, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove it to people. I'm going to reach those targets. That's me as a person. And they're the type of people that work really well in recruitment and do really well and are successful in recruitment. So we need to look at how do people cope with fear? Is fear one of those things that you have those voices in your heads going, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it? Or is fear one of the voices in your head saying, I can do it and I'm bloody going to do it and I'm going to do it well. So fear can trigger a negative or a positive depending on the person we're talking about. I think, uh, I think someone said once is that fear is like fire. If you manage it correctly, it keeps your house yeah. warm all winter. But if you let it get out of control, it'll burn yeah. your house down. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, okay. And 
And so, and what role does uh, what role does the one-on-one meeting, the, the the chat between the manager and the consultant, play in managing stress day to day? Very, very important um, role, actually. The one-to-one catch-up is where we can really get to know, as a manager, we can get to know our consultants um, so much better. We can ask those questions like, "How are you coping? How are you feeling about this, etc." Back. In the olden days in recruitment, it was just about targets, targets, targets. If we want our teams to reach their targets, we also need to be finding out how are they coping um, with stress? How are they coping in the workplace so that it doesn't become so out of control that they're not actually performing? So if they are feeling relaxed and feeling good about themselves, they are going to perform much better. Definitely. So those one catch-ups are so important. Yeah, and and I think I think a really important part of that, Claire, is that those catch-ups happen regularly. So yeah, part of relieving stress is knowing you have that weekly catch-up. It's the frequency and regularity of the meeting. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's monthly, quarterly, weekly, or fortnightly. It just needs to be in the diary regularly, and, and also it needs to be non-threatening to the person, so that the person actually opens up. The consultant opens up, so it's not a fear a fearful catch-up, what are they going to ask? I'm not doing very well, so that they actually open up the consultant. Oh, God. I'm surely I'm like, I mean, does that mean I can't talk to them about hard things, like the fact that they haven't put enough in their pipeline or they didn't do a couple of things? Does that mean I can't talk about difficult topics, about where they're not performing in their job properly? You can definitely talk about difficult topics, but it's how you talk about the difficult topics, how you have the conversation, and how am I going to make this difficult topic motivational so the person then wants to go out and achieve that. We need to talk about the difficult topics, otherwise we wouldn't have a business. So, yeah, definitely we need to um, address these difficult topics, but it's how instead of being that aggressive authoritarian boss, you must do this, you must do that, Let's question our consultants a bit more. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? And how can I help you and support you? Yeah. So what you're saying is, is that talking about the problem, and in some ways the, the stress is what the problem is probably what's causing stress. Yeah. So, so the mindset is, okay, well, we're not getting to where we need to be or we're doing this that's impacting our performance. How can we overcome that? And so I guess if our approach as a manager yep. is to engage in the solution, then that means we're more likely to relieve their stress because we've given them a plan. Definitely. We should always be engaging in the solution, not the problem. Let's go forward. How are we going to action this? How can I motivate you with this? How can I support you with this? And what do we want to achieve? Definitely. Good. And I I know I'm really looking forward to our course that we're running in Bristol uh, next week. And for those that aren't in Bristol, we're running them across the UK for the whole of the year. Uh, we're going to be looking to sort of talk specifically about different scenarios where managers might have to engage in stressful conversations or deal with recruiters that that are suffering from stress. Tell me a bit more about that. Um, So with regards to the course, we're actually looking at how to have those conversations so that we can talk to our consultants so much better. But before we have those conversations, we've got to spot the signs. 
what are the signs of somebody who's stressful where they've gone beyond their peak performance? It's gone to their burnout stage. And how do I address this situation with this person so that we don't want to get out of control? So the course is a very practical course, giving managers actions on how to deal with these situations after spotting the signs and then working with our teams so that we have positive mental health throughout our teams so that they actually reach their targets. Nice. Okay, well that's uh, that, that's great Claire. So what we're going to what we're going to do now Claire is we're moving on from stress and we're going to be talking about mental health issues. Uh, yep. And I guess mental health is something we all have. It's a bit like a diet. So one of the frustrations yep. I have with the word diet is we perceive it to be something as temporary. Uh, yep. people perceive mental health to be perceived as a bad thing where actually we all have mental health. It just yep. drifts from good mental health to bad mental health. Like we have a yep. good diet, we have a bad diet. And so it's a yep. it's a spectrum that we move up and down on a frequent frequent basis. Would that be fair? Yep. Very, very well put, actually. It is. It's up and down. And it's also looking at, we've got to understand with mental health, is it diagnosed or is it just stigma? And what can often happen in the workplace is that we have this stigma. They're not coping. They're not coping. They're not coping. They're stressed. Whereas mental health is true mental health when it is diagnosed, and that's diagnosed by a GP. And right. then we so need to deal with a diagnosed mental health issue. That's when they've been to the doctor. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, so when I'm when I'm working in a team, managing someone in my team, and if they sit next to me, say if they meet with me and they go. My doctor said I'm depressed. Uh, mm-hmm. My initial thought, and this isn't a good thought, is darn, that means they're not going to hit their target. So, yeah. so what are some of the preconceptions that, that managers might have when they have someone say, uh, I've got a mental health issue or my doctor's diagnosed me with insert sort of uh, issue? What are some of the preconceptions that you find managers have? Exactly what you've just said. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to reach my targets. As a manager, how am I going to support them? Another thing, how long is this going to go on with for? You're depressed. Why are you bloody depressed? You know, how long is this going to go on with? Snap out of it. Pick up the phone more, make a few placements. That'll make you feel happy. That'll make you feel happy. So with regards to diagnosis of depression, um, it needs to be over two weeks for a doctor to diagnose depression. And Often, with regards to GPs, they will then prescribe antidepressants. So what we should actually be aiming at is getting people before they've gone to their doctor to be diagnosed. And what can we do as an organisation to actually prevent mental health concerns before they get to the stage where they need to get to their GP? Right. Okay. And so what are some of the things that that organisations and managers can do to prevent stress turning into a a full mental health issue? Um, So we need to have environments. Yes, we do need to have our targets in the recruitment industry. Of course we do. But let's have environments where we are. People want to come to work. People are motivated to come to work and people are motivated to reach their targets. So let's look at how we can motivate our teams. Then let's look at the healthy side of things. We should be looking at four categories in the healthy side of things. Are people sleeping enough? I know in recruitment, it's a situation of my sleep 
was dreadful a lot of the time because I was staying awake worried about whether or not I was going to reach my targets or fill that position. That being said, though, some, of my most, some of my most inspired placements came when I woke up at three in the morning and my subconscious yep, had gone through all my candidates. Yep. I'm like, they're good for it. And I woke up and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But we need to turn that into a positive and not have that continuing on long term because that's when it turns into depression. So sleep's very important. And on average, the average person sleeps an hour and three quarters less a night than they did 30 years ago. So what's that wow. doing to our bodies? That's quite you know, of deprivation to our body. So sleep's important. Diet's important. And on that sleep, I found, because I've, I've had my own challenges over the last few years, I found that I don't take my mobile phone into the bedroom anymore. Yep. Like, good point. It stays, it stays downstairs. I bought myself yep. an alarm clock. Uh, yep. I've got one that's dark until you touch it and then it flashes up. Yeah. Uh, good just point. Just that reason where I was just not getting yep. to sleep, couldn't, couldn't let it go. Yeah, definitely. So sleep's very important diet so for me i'm much more better at performing when i have less carbs so let's get to know ourselves with right, regards okay. to diet, how, when do we perform better when do we have more energy and also for me i, I don't drink as much as i used to because uh, you know it is a situation where the when I was in recruitment, it was a big drinking culture and it was a case that affected my performance then back in the office. So thinking about how much alcohol consumption do we have? So diet's very important. The The third thing that is extremely important. I'll stop you there for a second. Then, so I don't think it's yeah. for managers. Firstly, team nights don't, don't always have to involve beer. They don't. Uh, Good point. Yes, when managers think about buying chocolates and cakes and biscuits for the office could they buy some fruit could they buy some yep. healthier snacks uh i know a lot Good of point. offices now have fruit boxes in the office day to day uh yep so uh, that's good okay there's, good there's things we can, we can do what was the third thing claire exercise so it's a situation where often i would be doing 12 13 14 hours a day in recruitment so i didn't have time for exercise so what can we do as an organization to actually incorporate exercise into the office little things like getting people to walk up the stairs instead of taking the lifts yeah. um, things like let's have 10 minutes where we all go and run around the block as a team what can we do to encourage exercise and for people to have the time to exercise it's so important for our mental health there's two two things i've seen people see firstly managers doing more walking meetings yeah so when they're doing their monthly review uh if you don't have anything on a screen to review just going for a walk around the block everyone yep. actually at the, everyone thinks better talks better when they're when they're in that yep. and there's nothing in the summer there's no reason well apart from the fact that it might rain most of the time uh, that's the first thing <laughs> Second thing is, I think you mentioned time. I think I'm increasingly seeing companies allowing people to go to the gym at lunch and getting to the gym yeah. and back and back at your desk in an hour is tough. But yeah. allowing them that flexibility to do that 30, 40 minute workout, but not stressing out if they're eating their lunch into sort yeah. of over over the hour. Uh, and sort of just, just just supporting that that sort of uh, aspect of aspect of things as well. Yeah. And so and Go the fourth thing, the fourth thing goes with your lunch. We need to have me time. So if we're working long hours in recruitment, which we are, what are we doing as managers to encourage our teams to actually 
get out of the office and have their lunch break, have that me time, have that quiet time. I remember once I had a manager, I was going on a meeting and um, it was back in the olden days before we had phones. And I came back from the meeting. It took an hour to get there. And she said to me, what did you do while you're on the train? And I said to her, I sat there. And she said, why didn't you take something to read? Why didn't you print something off the internet? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You should have had a book. And actually, that me time was important for me because I was thinking about the meeting. I was relaxing and not being angry with our teams if they have 15-minute walk um, around the block or if they go out for their hour lunchtime. We need me time as well. Yeah. And I think, I think building on that is that where I was lucky – and we were probably both lucky is back in the day before social media, the only way yeah. you really built relationships was by physically meeting people. And so yeah. one of the challenges I think a lot of recruiters face now is they might be working yeah. in different locations from where their candidates and clients base. So to really, there is nothing human involved in their, in their interaction day to day. And so, but thinking about sending a team to a conference for a day, you know, sending yeah. them to meet a couple of clients, meet some of your candidates yeah. on site. And whilst you lose productivity in the terms of like they're not at their desk they're still at work they're still thinking about work they're probably still checking their email but yeah. they're allowed out of their office because often the office can become the most oppressive yeah. thing uh that, yeah. that, that, that people experience yeah definitely you've hit the nail on the head there alex <laughs> so, and the only thing i'll add claire is my number five is holidays uh, yep. Whilst I worked in a very stressful environment, I was absolutely drilled to take a week off every quarter. And if very I didn't important. Every quarter, I got in trouble, and I'd never. I, it really freaked me out when I was like, I'd been at work for four four months. My manager was like, "When your holiday? Oh, I don't have one booked." And she was like, "Yeah, your goal for the day is to book some time off. But I don't have anywhere to go. Get somewhere to go." Yeah, like very important. You've got to just decompress. And and the job is so intense after 13 weeks, it 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 you sort of you just you start to realize you don't realize it, but you're running on empty. Uh, and it's only yeah. when you get back that you realize that you, you needed that help. And and not just holidays, have weekends away, have days out. You know, you can go on a day trip to to another city or a day trip even in the city that you're in, have days out. So spending weekends having me time is very, very important as well. Great. Yeah. Well, well, Claire, we're, we 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 have a limit on these on these deals. It's all thirty minute workouts, so we're getting to the end of the end of the show. Uh, any closing comments uh, for the audience? Uh, anything you can tell them about where to find you uh, or anything like that? Okay, so I am on LinkedIn and Twitter, and I do have um, a Facebook account. Um, so if you've got any questions, you can personal message me on LinkedIn, especially. And um, I think the closing comment is really look after our teams don't let them burn out because it costs us so much money to get new team members and um get get more people on board and recruit our own team so take care of yourself and really look after yes we are going to hit our targets if our mental health is right great well clay you've been a fantastic guest for those that do want to find Thanks. your linkedin it's c-l-a-r-e D-A-V-I-S. Claire's got one of those Thank beautiful names. Both name, both parts of her name can be spelt multiple ways. Uh, so, <laughs> and the no uh, frills. No I in Claire and no E in Davis. No frills. There we are. There we are. So, uh, but, but I say Claire's running a, a, a course for us every month uh, over 2020. And, and part of that is our commitment to helping you as our 
members, developing not only the technical skills to be a good recruiter, but helping keep your head and your team's head in the right place. So give us a shout if you want to talk more about those courses. But if not, thank you very much, Claire. I know we'll have you back soon. And uh, I wish everyone all the best. Great. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Alex. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Claire. The demands placed on recruiters have never really been higher. The stresses are immense. And hopefully you got something from listening to Claire. If you're a manager and you want to know more, you're welcome to join us in the recruiting gym and find out more about the courses that we run to help leaders manage mental health and stress in their teams more effectively. If not, we'll see you in the gym. We have a free level of membership that allows you to access a back catalogue of videos, training tips and tactics and techniques that can help you achieve what you want to achieve in recruitment. We look forward to seeing you in the gym.